Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. I'm Keanu. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to talk about being an RO. Something Chris isn't. I am not. I have not taken a class and I have not... Yes, I have not taken a class. So I'm not certified. Um, but you know the rules pretty well, right? Just, like, just You've read the rule book a couple times over, haven't just you? Just enough to not get DQ'd. Um, but I, I, I don't think I've retained everything where if you were to ask me a question on, oh, what's the ruling on this? I'd be able to tell you. And just, well, I, I can't tell up. the rules. So I'm a certified RO, but I can't tell you the rule off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know enough not to get DQ'd. And I know enough to run the timer for DQable offenses. But when it comes to certain things like, uh, I don't know, specific rules on, like, how far you can break the 180 if you're trying to holster your gun or something. Um, yeah, stuff like that I wouldn't be able to tell you. I actually didn't know that you're allowed to flag yourself on make ready if you're start position is compromised actually i don't know if you knew that either um but can you elaborate so like let's say if you're in a seated position um and the course of fire dictates that you have to sit and you can't um and you're making ready and then you holster while you're sitting um apparently that's okay yeah so so i think i don't even think that's for a compromise in start position i think the rule is for Drawing is for unholstering and holstering the gun at all. So, is, so, is, so the one time you are allowed to flag yourself during the draw, it, or I'm sorry, uh, you're allowed to flag yourself at all is during the draw and during the hol- and during holstering. Yeah, and which, I do remember distinctively going over that with our uh, RO yeah, uh, instructor. Be, um, and especially because at some times, I don't know what, um, like I've definitely seen at some matches where if you're in a prone position, for example, they're always like, oh, make sure... You get up before you holster so that you could you don't flag yourself and get DQ'd, um, but apparently that's not like a a thing, and so I don't know. I never knew until one time I was digging into it because um, I think that's more so people don't blatantly like if you're if you're standing up from a prone position at the end, that's so you don't blatantly break the one eighty. Yeah, yeah, no. String. I don't think that's so much for flagging yourself. But I I think I've seen somebody get DQ'd for flagging themselves on. A reholster on a holster at the end. Interesting. Um, and so, so that was a bad call, right? It's not a right call, but at the same time, it's it's just one of those things that I feel like if you're not in that particular situation, you'll never look up the rule, um, and you'll never actually know what the ruling is. Um, but yeah, just just going back into that, I think, um, you know, what I guess I feel like a lot of the things about being an RO is actually uh, stressful. I don't know if stressful is the right word, but um, there's almost. Uh, a connotation of like uh, there's just negative connotations of being an RO. You have to work matches or arbitration, or everyone expects you to run the timer. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess like <clears throat> this one, is true. The, the whole timer thing is true. Yeah, right. Because you're other people are like, oh well, I don't really know the rules, so I'm not going to run the timer because I don't trust myself. Which is both, I, honestly, I, I hate that. It, it's a cop out, honestly, right? Um, it is. It's an excuse to be lazy. Yeah, but I, I think just you know, going back to the whole rule thing, though, I feel like you know we're not we're not the best shooters in our area, but usually on our squad, we are the more experienced shooters compared to some people. For sure. And so they always look to us for rules, and it's also it's just kind of stressful because, especially if you're certified, like oh well, you took the class, you know this rule, you know how to, you know what the call is here, and it's just like oh, I don't know. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's I know most of them pretty well. I think, so a lot of the, a lot of the USPSA rule book is dedicated just to stage setup, stage design and scoring. Yes. Um, like, so that includes penalties and all that stuff. 
everything else is actually pretty easy to get the gist of. Yeah, and I think, oh yeah, like you said, but also I think there's, what, like 15 pages of appendixes on, like, equipment rules? Yeah, so the appendices, yeah, about half of that's equipment rules, the other yeah. half is, like... Stage setup, poppers... It, a lot of it uh-huh. is um, our, our popper, uh, like, popper descriptions, popper dimensions, it's like, plate dimensions, and, like... Uh, it's it's really really handy in the in the rule book they have a diagram of an ipsic a zone and it tells you how much you can have available so because oh, nice. it's 25 percent, uh-huh. but since it's it's not like it's a rectangle like our uspsa targets are right so you yeah. can't have it, it's hard to measure 25 percent of the shape that the um alpha is yeah so do they actually show you all the presentations like tuxedo it, they, they don't show all the or... they don't show all of them but they uh-huh. have at least a good baseline so if you have them overlaid like both targets upright uh-huh you have an idea oh nice that's yeah. kind of cool it, it's really helpful yeah um but yeah so you know i you know, i guess things about being our i guess the first thing right is the class i've never taken it i know you did um it's a it's a multi-day class isn't it's it it's a two-day class um so did you guys like actually stay at a hotel where it was and no it was a shadow hawk so i just drove oh, okay well that, i yeah. guess that's not too bad but two-day class usually saturday sundays or is it like Tuesday? it was saturday sunday yeah yeah i guess it's not as bad but um two-day class you have to pay for it right yeah but it's not expensive it was like 40 bucks yeah 40 bucks in two days i don't, I don't know it, to me i don't see the appeal as much uh to be honest Probably because all the negative connotations of being an RO. Well, so um, like, so look at it this way: if you're gonna like help run a match, or if you want to be um, like contribute to majors and stuff like that, or stage design and stuff like that, it really, really helps taking the class. I I, I would agree with that, right? Um, but wor- I guess working matches for me specifically, it's the time off is the toughest part. Yeah. Right. You know, having to being able to take essentially, what is it? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Depends on the match, yeah. I think um, for, for a lot of level twos, it's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. For a lot of level three, threes, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's yeah. a four-day event. And so, like, that's just tough, you know, um, from from my perspective. Yeah. And so I guess I, I've never seen the appeal of getting a certified R. I guess not, it's not certified R, right? Just being certified to be an RO. Yeah. Which is different than a certified RO. No. No, chief RO. Same thing. Chief, chief range officer. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like- I, I think I, I honestly believe like so. I'll I'll be outright to say it. I don't really care for working matches. Um, it's uh, like so the what, the one match I did work was Del Marva sectional. I did it because um, I'm good friends with the owner of the range and the match director, and I wanted to help her out as much as possible. And she was short staffed, so um, I figured it was it would be the decent thing of me to do to work the match. Um, yeah, but it, like in general. You won't find me signing up for matches like Area Five, Nationals, Area Eight, or most any of the most any other of the sectionals. Yeah, especially for most of the major matches where you know we have shot last year and we'll probably shoot this. I guess the last year and then shooting the the next year, right? They're all driving distance. Probably the most was what five hours for us. Other than if you drive to Florida. Yeah, um, pretty. Yeah, uh, South Carolina was a haul. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, seven hours without the yeah. without the two hour stop we had. But that was also like you know four four of us just road tripping, right? Um, which made it yeah. fun. You're but, right. But the fact that you know um, when when we shoot with a lot of our friends like we do and we drive to the matches, um, it's not as cost intensive as if you had to fly, right? Mm-hmm. Ship your ammo, do all that stuff. 
Um, and so I guess, you know, the monetary benefit isn't necessarily there for us particularly to work matches, but I definitely see the appeal. Like I know some, I know uh, an RO who travels to all the area matches to work them because it's just the way that he gets to shoot the matches. This is the guy who plays music, right? Yes. Awesome <laughs> dude. Like He's like, a great guy. He's, yeah. he's awesome to shoot with. Um, He's or, a not shoot with. Like, it's, also, it's always awesome seeing him at the majors because you can pretty much expect to see him at almost every well, level three. Nothing is better than doing a stage walkthrough with Vanessa Carlton playing oh, in the yeah. background. And I'm dude, not going to lie. I have it teed up. Like Smash Mouth is going to be the next one if we ever get that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, um, we had raining blood at uh, nationals. Nice. nice. <laughs> Apparently, that um, attracted complaints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like you know, if if you're going to all the area, all the area matches, then it's the you know it's a way for you to shoot the matches with little expense. Um, you know, it's definitely a good thing to do. But you know, I'm not planning on traveling anywhere further than I guess Michigan. Um, for a major match, I guess, you know, when it comes well, to... Now shooting Area um, 5, I don't think I would ever drive 10 hours for that match. No, yeah. I don't think so either. And I'd the, do the 5 hours. Yeah, and I think the like, only the only time we'd want to travel further is for Nats, depending on where it is. Florida State, because it's the only major during uh, January. Yeah, or Florida Open. I'm too much... Like, I don't have the balls to shoot it. Uh, Florida Open. Um, but yeah, um, but I guess that is one of the biggest advantages of being an R, right? You can actually staff a match. Um as an RO, which, you know, gives you those perks. And you also build a network and, you know, you make more friends that way. Um, yeah, let me tell you, you, hang, you, you spend a lot of time with a lot of good people working in major. Um, the, the ROing to me was whatever, but, like, it was after, like, spending, you know, staying up until midnight drinking with the, yeah. um, drinking with the area director and, like, you know, hanging out with a range master outside of his range master duties and stuff like uh -huh. that. It's, it's fun. It's it, like it, they're really there's a lot of brotherhood to be had yes um, you know especially because you have to spend four days with each other you know in yeah. a hotel or whatever yeah and i know and, not everyone gets along but it's 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 kind of funny because like at, at matches like at matches and in uspsa in general all that kind of just seems to go away yeah it's like everyone um, like drops whatever beef they have and they're all just most people are just you know they're just good dudes to each other yeah and like most of most of the beef i feel like is just also on the range right it's very different when you're on the range shooting versus when you're not on the range and not shooting. Yeah, it's like it's never anything um, personal. Yeah, it really at least most of them aren't, right? <clears throat> yeah, um, some of them are, but we yeah. try to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, and like again, the whole RO thing, I, I you know, just kind of going back to the whole at least local matches at least. Um, everyone expects you to run the timer if you're like if people know you're an RO, which I think is kind of BS. Um, just because, you know, you should know the you should know the safety rules and how to RO. Um, yep. Because, you know, if you're shooting a match and you're not DQing and you're shooting safely, you generally know all the rules there is to know when it comes to running the timer for a level one. Yeah, I always try and give timers to other people. I, but, I hate touching the timer. But, like, now. nobody takes it. Like, that's the that's worst That's the thing, part. right? Um, it's like, it's either you can shoot the, like, people can shoot or you can argue with who's going to be an RO. So I'd rather just drop the BS and just have to deal with. Yeah, I, I think right. I remember I remember running the timer like my third match shooting USPSA, um, which is probably not the best thing, but like it's just that kind of bad. Like nobody wants to touch the timer. But that's and just then, a local. That's just the nature of local matches, right? It is. Yeah, it's like there's um, there's all, there are always new people. There, it's not like a level two, right? At, at level two is pretty much everyone's going to at least have somewhat of a gist of what's going on. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but at you know. At level one, it's a whole other story, and it's kind of it can be a mess sometimes, especially like some of the locals we shoot where we're only in like a 
like on Fredericksburg on Saturdays, mm-hmm. right? There are only six or seven people in the squad, and only and you know, and if half of them are new shooters, and two people, two or three people are certified ROs, and the rest are whatever. Yeah, no one's going to take the it time. Becomes, it becomes yeah. it becomes contentious. Um, and that's just something I think that that's kind of part and par- parcel almost with being an RO, but it, I think it's also the responsibility of an RO to kind of help new shooters and or newer shooters, you know, understand the rules, understand the basics of of you know what it takes to run the timer and stuff like that. It's like you know you don't need to be, you know, you don't have to be an expert at, at anything, right? So like if you just make a bad call, someone will point it out, someone will help them, yeah, right. But they'll um, but they will never have the experience. Without being, you know, pushed into doing it. Absolutely. Um, right. And, you know, like you said, if, if you make a bad call, you know, what, what's the worst that happens? The guy has to reshoot, right? It's um, the reshoot or it just gets corrected yeah. by someone who knows the rules, right? And like, you know, like, like you said, yeah, probably the responsibility really for the RO is to nurture the skill set um, for them to be self-sustaining, right? As yeah. a shooter. I, I think um, at the level one level, yeah, that's absolutely yeah, and like especially um, the responsibility of the ROs, especially with things like tablets. If people have questions on the tablets, like how do you put in penalties? It's generally you know, not, I wouldn't say even the ROs responsibility. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that's an R, like um, as a whole though. I don't even think that's an RO responsibility. I really think that's like a that's a more experienced shooter responsibility. It is, yeah, right. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's on you and me to to help new shooters. You know, when we we see new shooters every freaking week. Right, it's our responsibility. It's our duty to to help these shooters. It's like whether or not we want to do well, we need to think about like we have to think about what's going to happen in the future, right? It's like we're not going to yeah. get every match, uh-huh. we, you know, stuff like that. Certified ROs can't run level ones, yeah, round the clock. Um, they can't, um, right? Because there's a handful of us, and there are a bajillion people who aren't. Yeah, and like I guess the frustrating thing about running the timer, especially if you're expected to run the timer. Is it, it is taxing, right? I mean, there's some long field courses where you're ROing everybody on the freaking stage, you're running back and forth, and then doing the scoring and doing. Well, all it's that like stuff. it's it's exhausting, right? Um, because you're functionally doing tw- two or three times as much walking as anyone else. You are, yeah. And like I'm, you know, just on my Apple Watch alone, you know, this you can tell by the steps which match I've been ROing and which ones I have not. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so you know, it's there's definitely a physical toll there. Um, but you know, luckily for us though, I don't think we're ever out looking to win local matches maybe that's going to change with the contingency program um and so you know it is a little Look, you're the one you're the one who has a shoot with wampler okay yeah so i'm screwed i, like, I don't have wampler in limited division i'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, comfortable here <laughs> yeah contingency wise i'm kind of screwed um unless i buy a single stack gun from atlas Ooh, maybe i should do that no then if we todd does he shoot many locals though level ones he, um he shoots a good bit not yeah. as not as much as either of us but if you shoot against steven not if he goes to carry optics. Not if he goes Nats. full potato shooting single stack. <laughs> he is switching to carry optics next year, though. He so is, I yeah. think maybe you'll have less to worry about. Maybe I should see if he'll trade me one of his 1911s. Then you have, to shoot against, uh, you have to shoot against uh, the, the, bald, the bald man. The little bald man. Oh, that's fine. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, because his gun won't work? Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, you know, going back to the toll... Um, you know, it is physically taxing, but luckily for most of the matches that we shoot together locally, I don't think we take it too seriously. We just take it as an opportunity to get some time behind the gun. Um, but, you know, if I was actually way more serious about level ones, I'd probably be super peeved if I'm scoring all the time or, you know, resetting yeah. steel all the time or running the timer the entire time. And like I said, that's um, just the nature of how level ones kind of are. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it's a, it's a crappy reality, but... 
you know, just just the way it is. Like, would you rather run a safe match, or, or would you rather run a match where someone's going to RO? They have no idea whether someone breaks a one eighty or not. Yeah, and like, or they don't know the rules, the safety rules properly, um, whether or not to make the right call. You know, stuff like that. So, like, it can impede the progress of a match. But if you have time, like a lot of local matches, there's a lot of downtime. There is, yeah, right. Uh-huh. So you can kind of you can kind of ease people in, or if if it's like if if they've been shooting for a couple months there's no reason why they shouldn't know the rules by yeah. then there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to take a timer it's, you know, especially, that's just the way I see it especially just the basic safety rules right um, yeah. because again like I said there's so many rules in that in that rule book that you probably will not ever know all of them by heart you'll always have to reference the, the rule book at some point um, which well, I think like is okay. a lot of us so like so speaking as an R a lot of us know the rules we can't cite it to you you know, you know, chapter for chapter, or, or you know, a perfect citation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like George Jones, the guy, the the range master, um, the range master instructor, who teaches the RO class, who teaches a lot of RO classes here. He knows the rules. Like he can freaking pull them out from the top of his head. Like which, which I think is crazy. Like that's just it's a lot years, of rules to remember. It's just years of doing it, right? Like yep. you just ingrain them over time. Yep. Um, but on you know, especially because he teaches the class, but. For us, regular people, and I guess even just regular ROs, right? You're you're not reciting rules or going through sections of the book that are, um, you know, more. I guess needs more attention than others, right? So I don't think any RO will actually just ever know uh, the rules off the top of their head, like the actual citation or the section or the yeah. Um, it's the you know the like subsection. I said, a lot of us know the rules. A lot of us just can't cite the rules if we needed to. Yeah, Fortunately, so, practice score has a great built-in function now for when you DQ someone or when you give someone a procedural, it cites the rule. Yeah, which is also kind of tough, though, because you're like, oh, is that FTSA or is that well, like footfall? You know, you just got to scroll through them versus yeah. just like, oh, it's you know, procedural. Um, but it's definitely been good. Um, but yeah, then so, you know, going going to our, I guess, going back to the whole major match thing. So staffing a match, I think one of the, the tough things about being an RO2 is you got to shoot on staff day. Um, yeah, I will say staff day is... Staff day sucks outright. I'll just say it. Staff day freaking sucks. Yeah, I would have never like I would have never thought staff day was bad. I would have just thought it was like a just a regular level one, just a lot of stages with your friends who are well, staffing the match. Well, but apparently yeah. there's a lot of nuances, right? There's there's some nuances of how that has to happen. Well, so, okay, so at level twos and level threes, only certified range officers can use the timer and the tablet. Which is which is and crazy. you think about that on staff day when you're shooting with your squad, you only have three or four of you for an entire squad. That sucks. Yeah, that wait three or four certified ROs. Yeah, so so like the way major the the way you squatting works for staff day is you have your stage right, and you shoot your stage first, and and then you have the people who are on the squad for staff day. Oh, so it's a mix between staff and yeah people shoot. Oh, okay. And Ugh. it's it is legitimately a burden. Like Delmarva, I did not have a good match. Yeah, because I... um because I spent like it it was basically. RO hand off hand off the timer score hand off the time hand off the tablet like it was a it was a big cycle because there were only there were three certified ROs on our entire squad and so like even regular shooters couldn't run the tablet for example they're not supposed to that's yeah it's like that's that's rough how like, how are you supposed to sustain shooting a match like that if yep. you're working and shooting I, I thought the entire point of staff day was that Staff can shoot in an equitable fashion where everybody can run timer and. I think uh, no, no. I, um, I think just by nature of how staff day is and how level threes are, 
it's not going to be equitable for staff. Yeah, and I think that's really unfortunate, right? Because without the staff, the match doesn't happen. And so, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something that USPSA or I don't know who would... Well, like, what would they do? There? Like, would they fly staff out just as a staff-staff day? Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe amend the rules in some way. Like, I don't know. That, that just seems kind of ridiculous, though. Um, that with only four of you guys on a squad, you're expected if even. to... Yeah, you're expected to shoot, score, or shoot, score, run the tablet, uh, and the timer all within the same match. I don't know, because I, I feel like staff should at least get an equitable shooting opportunity. The fact that they're volunteering, you know, four days out of their week to go mm-hmm. actually stop the match. Yeah. But um, it it was frustrating, honestly. Like I, I really enjoyed the match, but like for for a lot of it, it was just stress. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, and like I I, know, I remember you were saying that you actually had to get moved to a different a different stage at some point. And yeah. It's just I don't. Yeah. That was funny. But so I guess with the whole staffing thing, you don't have to be a certified RO to shoot to be on staff. You do not, but you cannot run the tablet or the timer. So, so you, you can you can be the, you can be the uh, the paper boy. Oh, the, the doing the, the doing the paper backups. The, the paper backups, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, ugh. yeah. That's just yeah. That's a little unfortunate. So I think that's that's the job to have though if you're going to work staff. You just sit in the freaking shade all day. I guess so. I I don't know. I would probably rather run the timer and be active than just sitting around writing on paper all day then mm-hmm. getting yelled at for having bad handwriting and doing all that stuff so it um, happens yeah and especially because paper backups you know they do get used so actually yeah I, I can actually say firsthand I, I was helping out with stats at the end of the uh, at the end of Delmarva and the level of incompetence of, of a lot of people with inputting scores and using the tablets is astounding we yeah. spent we, we spent like so, if you guys ever wonder what takes so long to post scores, um, to post final scores after um after the match is over, it's because of stats. It's because of it's because of issues like discrepancies on paper versus what's you know in the tablet. Well, so so we we um, had an issue. Someone didn't even someone had someone had their hits on a stage. So someone had everything written down on a stage, right? Uh huh. On the paper backup, and they weren't even put in in the tablet. Like at all. Like they were missing a stage, so we had to pull how, up the paper tap. I don't know. How did they even score it? Then? I don't know. That's bizarre. Um, yeah. But yeah, so as much as everybody might hate paper backups, like they are, they are definitely used from what it seems like. Um, and so yeah, so I guess yeah, that's just that's just unfortunate. Um, I I thought staff would have had it a little bit easier because again they're staffing the match, but um, that's just a little rough. It was. Yeah, it, it it was, and I will say like another frustration of being an RO to major matches, um, like I said, sometimes you're not you're not working with the best fellow range officers, mm-hmm. and I understand that they're trying and everything, but sometimes the decisions some of them make have been uh, have been anything but from irritating to infuriate infuriating. <laughs> um, I I had an issue where the uh, where a target got moved. Because it fell, so if it fell over, we posted it back up, and then it was thought to be a good idea to move the target. What backwards four inches? Which by the way, which which would have tossed a stage, but we were lucky enough that the ground had the ground was imprinted, so it, like the ground had indexed the target for us. So it was, I was able to put it back exactly where it was. But like it was, it's like it's kind of that level of critical thinking, right? Yeah, it's frustrating. And like I've seen people try and give uh, procedurals for having a no shoot. 
Oh, uh, which are certified ROs, right? I mean, if they're one was a one was a certified range officer, one was a certified chief range officer. Oh man, um, yeah. And I I don't know. I guess that's I I don't know. I'm trying to find the right way to way to put this verbally, because um, I I mean I, that almost just feels like it's like the 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 informalness of just doing it so often at level ones that it just kind of transfers over to bigger matches, right? Because at a level one, like, oh, target's not working in this particular spot. Let's just push it back a couple inches. Like, what's it matter? Right? I wouldn't do that. If that happened at a level one, I'd still tell the freaking match director or the range master or whoever there was at the level one, and I would, I'd freaking, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Nonetheless. And, and you know, we, it's, but we do, we do do that. But, you know, there are a lot of people where it's like, oh, well, it's just a low, level one. It's fine. Like, it's okay if this is an illegal stage, uh, stage procedure. Yeah, screw or whatever. that. Um, right, but I feel like that's part of the issue though. When you have people who, essentially, they're forced to be responsible for the match, um, from a RO perspective, where it just becomes informal. Like it's just no longer, I guess, as serious as when they do it. I don't know if that makes sense. It's almost just like desensitization of just doing it. And being responsible for it. I get that. And, like, a lot of people aren't even the most diligent about safety violations and uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, or, like, and... scoring targets. And, like, it's it, it can be a handful after... You, you, you do kind of get complacent after working after uh, being an RO at so many level ones. And, like, the first level two you get to, it just becomes a pain in the butt. Yeah. But, I don't know. So, so for Delmarva, I got tossed as a... Uh, I signed up last minute to be in a, like like two weeks before the match um, to work the match as a, as a range range officer. I get a call six o'clock the day of the match saying I'm going to be CRO on a stage. I've never worked a match before, like so so I run a match every week. So like I understand like the the logistics of having to run multiple stages, having to run a match and stuff like that yeah. at, at a very small scale. I have never had to be a CRO. I've never. Um, it's like even at my current place of employment. I've had a couple people help me out. Like I've I've instructed them to do things, but that's about my level of leadership <laughs> that I've had. And we're like like my eagle project for when I was yeah. in, when I was in scouts. But like this was, I mean, I'm running people day by, like I was running people day by day with guns in their hands and stuff like that, right? <laughs> and it was kind of it was it was an overwhelming experience uh-huh. for the first like couple squads because I felt like there was a lot of pressure put on me. But, um, yeah, it was, it was weird, but, you know, now having done it, I think Shadowhawk's going to have a CRO course, and I think I'm just going to go, go ahead and go do that. Yeah, I mean, might as well. But, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Uh, it's like, I've already been doing this, and it just helps to get a refresher on the rules and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, and then just because of competence of some people, I got, I got moved to a different stage, to a much harder stage to, to ROs and memory stage, so yeah. I had to get the staff set up. Um, I had to have my step my my staff set up in such a way that it would be, you know, it would be easy to, to check for hardcover hits. It would be easy for us to identify FTSAs. It would be easy um, for us to score the stage overall and kind of get the 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 thing rolling. And after after like the first squad that we did, it wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. It went really really smoothly. All else given, I mean, I'm yeah, and I guess you know that's. You know, surprising though, because you know, not, have, not having a, having done before, I feel like that's just like the checklist of what you do, right? When you're CROing a stage, yeah, it's kind of um, like you just kind of like get get all of your get all of your eggs in a basket in yeah. the beginning, and then 
And then, like, once you have that figured out, it's pretty easy if you can do it consistently. Yeah. A lot of issues come up because ROs can't do things consistently, and that slows the pace of the match down, and that really, really screws people over. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, though. So, like, you know, have you had people, like, argue with you as an RO about, like, calls and all that stuff? I mean, have you had any other people who are just, like, really bad about that? Because I remember Stephen and Paul were telling us at Virginia State that there are some people who are just really not great on their stage because like wall hits and calling bs and, yeah that i um, i did have to do that several times because so on the stage on the stage i ended up ro finishing being this uh roing and it, it was the memory stage and there was a lot of the um the the corrugated plastic or the the chloroplast yeah uh-huh. um for walls and a lot of people ended up shooting them so I had to explain to shooters how hardcover works. So for hardcover scoring, the, the way it works is if you have a partial diameter hit on the hardcover, but you have a full diameter hit on the paper, it counts. Yeah. Right? Uh, but if it's a full diameter hit on, uh, on, on hardcover, and even if you get the full diameter hit on paper, it doesn't count. Yeah. Right? Which makes sense, right? But Yeah. It makes perfect sense, but I would explain it to a lot of people. Um, and... It was just, I think that that was the biggest. I think that was the biggest point of contention we had. And I feel on, like, on my like stage. wall stages are usually, you know, the ones that do that, right? Like, oh, I didn't shoot the wall. It was there before. Yeah. Um, Giving FTSAs was actually pretty easy. No one argued with uh, with us on, the, on that because by the end of this age, they were like, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, I forgot it. something. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. You, you FTSA'd that stage. It's because I definitely uh, lost my mind after I made up an alpha with a no shoot. That was so, smart. Um, yeah, definitely forgot my stage plan after that because I was cursing at myself internally. And dogs, you got chilled a little bit. Um, but yeah, and so it's, I don't know, I, I, I've just never seen it before because usually everyone's pretty nice about it. Like you make a call and they're like, oh, okay, what can I do about it? You know, other people are, you know, collaborating or, you know, corroborating that that's the call. Okay, f- cool. But I've never seen anybody like actually actively argue with an RO before, but I'm pretty sure it happens, right? It probably happens a lot. I've had I had to argue with shooters in the first stage RO. It had a door, and the door was considered a an activator or a prop on the stage, so they couldn't touch it. Uh huh. So shooters couldn't touch it, and shooters were like kind of playing with it. So I was I had to yell at a few shooters just because they were pu- putting it up and then pushing it down, putting it up, pushing it down, and I was like, "You can't do that." Oh, that's the one where you have to push it, push it over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just. It... It's like, are you with an RO? I don't know. I don't think it's worth it unless you know it's a blatant call that you'll win. And I mean, if you're contesting a call too, I mean, who is it? Don't you have to pay for arbitration? Um, so it can go all the way up to the range master before you have arbitration. Uh huh. And then after that, you pay $100 for arbitration and then you have to pull a shooter's committee over. Which is, yeah. Which, which also sucks, right? Which also because, sucks because they only pull certified ROs. Yeah, so I guess that's another bad thing about being an RO is that you could be called for a shooter's committee. Um, and we, you know, Steve and our friend got pulled at, was it Buckeye Blast? It was, or area, it was five? area 5. Um, that got, screwed his match. He got pulled Area 5 and he had to shoot through for like four stages because, was it, was it somebody was arguing about a double or a procedural or... A no, bad? someone someone argued for an for entire stage to get reshot because it was a, because of a scoring issue. And they approved the score. Which is ridiculous, um, and like especially to have to pull shooters away for three to four to five stages to do that. I mean, that's that's bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, it um, sucks. Like I would never want to be in an arbitration committee. Yeah. So so it almost just seems like unequitable to be an RO at times, which is just unfortunate. 
I think it definitely can be. Like, it has its moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's better just to, If you're going to be good at shooting... Like, like Wampler's done an RO for this reason. Uh-huh. Right? So he doesn't get pulled for arbitration in a major match because yeah. he's expecting to perform very, very well. So, like, so he definitely feels like that would affect his performance. And I'm, I'm kind of with him there. Like, I wouldn't ever want to arbitrate a, a, an area match or a level two. Yeah, or just having to be pulled away to have to all of a sudden catch up to your squad and stuff. And I, I don't... I know people were nice enough to let Steven do a couple of walkthroughs, you know, before he had to shoot. Um, but again, it just messes up with your entire flow. Um, and it messes with your mental game. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then you're shooting um, stages back to back. That's just... It's just a lot. It is, Yeah. Um, and then you know you're not shooting with your friends anymore if you squatter with friends and it's yeah or at least for the four four or five stages you have to pick up yeah and you yeah. know unfortunately for for Steven those like our last four stages too um, so yeah I don't know it, it happens I'm I guess you know out of wanting to give back to the sport I kind of want to do my RO certification but at the same you should time, do it just so you know the rules yeah uh, but just again, so you know understand the rules better like the, the two day course though like that's kind of a deal breaker at times too like it's yeah. hard to get a Saturday and a Sunday I where, understand that. where absolutely nothing is happening and all that stuff you just so. do what I did just be super hungover both days <laughs> maybe that's why you don't know the rules too well off the top of your head no I don't I just don't know the rules off the top of my head because I'm an idiot <laughs> Um, like I, I know the rules. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you which rule number it is. Yeah, it's just like those multiple choice questions where it's like, you know, scenario. What's the right answer? Oh, I know what the right answer is. But I don't that's know. how the RO exam is. It's not a difficult exam. Uh-huh. Um, and with the electronic rule book, it makes it really, really easy now. But yeah. like, it really does help to to know the rules already by the time you're taking the exam. That way, you can answer it, and then all you have to do is look for the citation. You don't have to look for the answer. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Um, but like that is the RO class is something I think all shooters should take eventually yeah. at one point in their USPSA career just because it in the end it doesn't benefit it's it's less for the benefit of yourself it's more for the benefit of everyone else around you yeah so speaking of the RO class is there uh, like actual I don't know like gun handling portions or yes th- there's a whole live fire portion okay gotcha um, where, but like th- a lot of that's just different scoring scenarios and stuff like that oh interesting yeah because uh, you know I was thinking probably you know it, it might make sense if Oh, coming from corporate world, um, like being able to do maybe not certified RO classes, but having like a lesser certification where, I don't know, maybe requiring USPSA members after a certain number of membership to take an online class that is hosted by a CRO, which is just essentially basic and you get a basic understanding of the rules um, that allows you to, you know, for example, run the timer at a well, level two or something. So here's the, um, I don't think that's on US, that should be on USPSA though. I think for a lot of newer shooters, that's just on the club and the people that are around them that, that they shoot. Because, it, like I said, it's on the more experienced shooters to to kind of to to coach and and help new shooters work through the whole being a new shooter phase. Yeah, like, well, I, I think that's 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 a lot of that weights on us. Yeah, but so I guess for this particular scenario, I'm thinking more like you know, it it's like a prereq for a level two that allows you to run the timer. At a level two, for example, like it's a it's a mandatory class. At some point, you have to take in your USPSA career, but it also certifies you to a certain extent to help out in a match, for example. Look, bro, that sounds like infringement to me. I'm not about that. <laughs> I don't know, and it's you know, for me, it just sounds like you know, a CBT would be a great way to do it, or computer based training. Yeah. Um, or a lot, you know, an online classroom where you could. I don't necessarily think it should be mandatory, but I think there definitely should be an online course available for from uh, from USPSA. That people can take anytime they want. All they have to do, like, enroll on it, and then it'll just go over course material and stuff like that. It'll 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 be like what like like what the government does. I'm sure your company does too, 
for um for CBT and it's just online portal based yeah. training, right? Yeah. It's it's really really easy. It's just getting it set up is the hardest part, but once you have it up and you have the infrastructure, it's you just leave it up and then, you know, it, I think that would be a net benefit to shooters overall. Mm-hmm. But I also do feel like that would kind of a lot of people would devalue the ro class then so i understand why they wouldn't want to do yeah. it yeah so so i think you know it would have to tack some sort of certification on top of it as well where it's not the ro it's something lesser the ro where you don't nearly have as much um responsibility but it also puts some responsibility on you as a shooter but but i, I know what you're saying like you know if, if there's another class then all of a sudden there's three ro classes right and then it's maybe right. a little too much well and like in general i don't want to make you don't want to if you want to help a sport that's that is in the end a a hobby for for majority of people you don't want to have something be mandatory um you, you don't want to have it to have a cert like a, a mandatory certification I, I guess that's true like i um, don't i have to disagree with that in principle uh-huh um because i'm it sounds like infringement yeah um but <laughs> but again like even if there's something that just allowed you to run like the tablet for example at a level two that um, would help tremendously right and so you know a lot of people will you know, you know. It, let's say it's like a two-hour online class. The, the, you can take. The, the certification can be scorekeeper. Yeah, or, something like or, that. or something simple where it allows you to put some put some responsibility on them as a shooter, um, where they can help out on things like such as staff day or even at major matches. You know, if um, the dogs are getting feisty. Yeah, they they've been feisty for a little bit, which probably means they want to shut up and hurry up and stop <laughs> podcasting but yeah but again I, I think something like that would help um but it would raise the bar in terms of you know how responsible you are official hey how responsible you are officially as a shooter right on an official capacity um but i'm, I'm sure it would make staff days a lot easier if people you're shooting with you know could I actually agree. help you so i completely agree um yeah so yeah i guess stream of conscious for today is you know yeah, make that I think happen, I think but... that would be a cool consideration to have, but but again, I think USPSA might be concerned with um, the the dilution and valuation of the RO class itself uh-huh. and the RO certification. Um, yeah, but uh, I I do like it though. Like yeah. overall, uh-huh. in principle, I I like that idea. At yeah. least have something available for free, right? That USPSA shooters can sign up for, which it gives you the authority to have some sort of responsibility, even if it's just something small. You know, yeah, even um, if it's not like even if it's not that, it's just like helping the, helping people get a better handle of the rules. Yeah, um, or even just like you know that alone is a huge benefit. Like a five minute training on tips to run the timer at a level one if you're not an RO. Or, or better yet, what if there's like a like what if they do multiple like a series of courses instead of like a single RO class, right? Yeah, uh-huh. you can take a um you can take like like there's a stage design course, there's a scoring course, there's the um, there's the penalties course. There's the disqualifications course. Stuff like that. Oh, geez, is this a uh, something that we should start doing? <laughs> Ooh, that would be cool. Maybe, yeah. You know, just... C- CSRG USPSA uh, cert- certified USPSA courses. Yeah, well, maybe not even certified, just USPSA courses, like yeah. a training series. Um, I can see it now in the future. The CSRG training subsumes USPSA RO class. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we get the CSRG map or the the match up and running, where you need the CSRG training for the match, but yeah, that's like God knows how long. Well, the CSRG training, yeah, well, I, I can think of a whole a, a, a whole bunch of things there. Yeah, yeah um, I got a I got a dog crawling on me. Whether they're good things or bad, um, but you know maybe something we'll think about if we have time. God knows if we'll have time. 
Well, it's um, like it's developing the course and everything, right? Because yeah. you, you do want to make it engaging. You do. And um, obviously, you and I are, are not apt to that sort of uh, development. Yeah. Unless we do it like Carnicon style, which I don't know if... That would be is, cool. <laughs> like video lessons? Yeah. But like, you know where they do the whole like uh, old-timey video thing with like... Oh, like get that whole '90s vibe going. Yeah. Ooh, I would I like to do that. Yeah. We can all wear trucker hats and short sh- and, and <laughs> yeah. cut off jean Some shorts. Some shorts, yo. Yeah, and nice. ho- and like in 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 bowling shirts. And dude, we could just run single stack thirty-eight super guns. Yeah. Shoot yeah. open like that. Uh huh. I can um, get behind that. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I guess uh, that's all my thoughts are on ROs. I guess. Well, I wanted um, to talk about DQing. Oh, oh yeah, oof. Because. Juicy one. So I'm um, so I'm fortunate. I've, I've only had to DQ a small handful of people, but it is honestly, especially for new, sh- especially when you DQ a new shooter, um, it's like heartbreaking, right? It's it's, like... it's legit horrible. It is yeah. a disgusting feeling. Like it, like my heart sinks every time I have to say stop because of a safety violation. Yeah. Um, um, but the thing is, you're stopping them for not only for the safety of other people and themselves, you're doing it to their benefit in the end. If yeah. you're not, if you don't DQ someone for a blatant safety violation that they should be DQ'd for, you're doing them a disservice. You're harboring bad ha- like you know, you're you're, you're, you're teaching them bad habits because you're rewarding bad behavior, right? Um, yeah, or not, it's not even rewarding. Oh, I guess you are passively rewarding. Yes, uh-huh. by not actively punishing. Right, so it's 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 a terrible thing to do. And I was fortunate enough for Delmarva, I didn't have to DQ a single person, which which I think is good, especially the memory stage. I feel like. It could have been a place where you're breaking 180, um, like because uh, it, it was all lateral movement, right? And I feel like lateral it, movement. It was stages. lateral movement, and like if you went shopping for targets, it could have been easy to point your gun back up range yeah. just to look for a target. Yeah. Um, so, but I fortunately didn't have to do any of that on the stage I was originally on. Apparently, the guy, the 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 CRO who took over, DQ'd a few people for flagging themselves on opening. Oh, the during, oh yeah. But um, I I, ha- I saw a few close calls. Um, but I have a, I have a, unless they're new shooters, I have a pretty big rule on, on not telling people what they did and what they didn't do because I'm, a lot of people don't want to hear it. It's like, did I break the rules or did I not? And if they didn't break the rules, I don't really care. Yeah. And I, I guess if it's not a hundred percent call, right, it's a bad call. Yeah. So, right? so the um, way DQing works is it, it's, it's like a beyond the shadow of a doubt thing. Yeah. Um, if there's any seed of doubt, a lot of range masters will give leeway to the shooter and allow them to reshoot. Yeah, because essentially, if you know, if you have three, I guess right. Usually, it's three ROs per stage um, at major matches, and if all three ROs can't definitively say yes, he broke the 180, or at least two of them, um, then you know what the I guess it's inequitable for the arm to say, oh well, the RO thinks you broke the 180, so you're no. If if the word think is in there, or if the word I don't, or the phrase I don't know is in there, yep, it's, it's it's a no go. It's done. Yeah. It's like uh, if you're gonna DQ someone, you have to be absolute in your decision. Yeah. Like you um, can't back out or anything like that. Like you, you have to stand behind the decision you made because mm-hmm. you just screwed a shooter over. Yeah. And you have to own it. And yep, and like I think that's just the biggest thing about DQs is it has to be hundred percent. It can't, you know, just because you're like, ooh, I puckered a little bit and I think you broke the one eighty, you can't call that. Yep, um, exactly. Like if I pucker a little bit, it it happens. But like if if someone's pointing a gun uprange, I will know it. Yeah, and like it has to be known, and it can't yeah. just be. And the oh. same applies for for other ROs on the stage too. If you're working a major match, mm-hmm. you have several other ROs. You can't if if it's just one RO making the call, you're on loose ground. Yeah, just because you don't have another RO backing up. If the RO didn't see it, or if the ROs 
if the R says I don't, I didn't see it, or if the R O says I don't know, there's there's a slim chance that that the uh, that the shooter will not get the benefit. Yeah, which is fair. It's it's really fair because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna DQ someone out of a hundred eighty dollar match, like it's gotta be right for sure. Yeah, it's um, like there are, there are quite literally financial consequences to that decision. Yeah. So and you know at most matches, especially on places that it gets a little hairy on the win eighty, you'll have another R O on the other side of the stage watching for that 180 and so you know usually you know most most cases they will know if it's a 180 break um yep for sure but again you can't call it just because you think it's the break yeah if they're um, like just on the 180 or something like that or if it's like even a like i know a lot of people say oh you know i'll give them until like 181 185 or whatever it's it's basically i don't think people actually like intentionally allow that it's it's how when do i know for sure that they broke the 180 yeah yeah um, right, because if, if it looks like they might break the 180, and they don't, and you stop them, you just screw the shooter over because now he has to reshoot the stage. Yep, um, and then I guess same goes for like finger the trigger while reloading and stuff, right? Like, yeah, you gotta be sure. Oh no, um, I did DQ someone at Delmarva. Oh yeah, he he was he was a left-handed shooter. He reloaded so low I couldn't see whether his finger was in the trigger guard or not while reloading, and then he popped one off Oof. while moving. That's so okay. he had like four things listed on his DQ. On yeah, his, uh, on his uh, score sheet. That dude, that's rough. Um, yeah, but again, that's also one of those things. Though, it's like you, if you think his fingers in the trigger while he's moving, you can't call that. Um, yeah, and like I know a lot of people, you know, especially level ones when they're ROing somebody, they're looking at the targets and they're not looking at the shooter. Or they're gun. or they're watching like the shooter themselves instead yeah. of the gun. Um, a good RO, you, you if you're running the timer, you need to be watching the gun. Yeah, and it's on you to make that safety call. And it's you know it's definitely less fun to be watching the gun than seeing how they're screwing up or how well they're shooting. You know. But, you know, that, that's just one of the things, though. Like, you've got to be sure. And if you're looking at the targets or you want, you're watching the shooter shoot instead of looking for gun handling, all that stuff, then, you know, you're not going to be 100% sure. Yeah, I, I agree. It's yeah. because you want to give the shooter every, every advantage they can. Yep. Um, and it freaking sucks reshooting. Yeah. Um, also, just another thing. I, this is not DQ-related, but just a rule I feel like a lot of people don't know is uh, if you call calibration, you still need to finish shooting the stage. Um, no, yeah, so you can't just stop. Yeah, so... If you stop during the course of fire, your, st your stage will be scored as is. And as you can still is, yes. You can still call for calibration. Yes, but if you fail calibration, you will get your as-is score. And if you had stopped and unloaded and showed clear, you are done. You yep. have a zero for that stage. Um, yep. So this isn't necessarily our overly. We saw it happen at Delmarva, and luckily the guy won... The calibration call by the, by literally the luck of the wind. Yes, and and pretty much right. If you're gonna call calibration, call the calibration and continue shooting the stage until you're done. Because if you if you don't finish the stage, you're gonna get a did not finish, and get a zero. Like it's just throwing that out there for anybody because that's not even a DNF. You'll like you will have multiple FTSAs yes, and you'll have yes, multiple yes, yes. Uh -huh. mics. It's not even a DNF. Yeah, so just completely off topic. Yeah, uh, but just rule related. If you're gonna call calibration, you still gotta finish the stage. Yeah, um, and the same goes for props as well. Um, I stopped myself at Delmarva because uh -huh. there was because of a prop activation failure. But but that's a stage malfunction. It's a stage. It's, it's a stage malfunction, but it's still in the RO to call it. And I like I stopped myself because the swinger was blatantly not going off. And I look at the RO, I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but that that's you know that, like, that, that makes sense right yeah um, and that's not just the role like I wasn't I don't blame the timer Aro necessarily because um that's not the timer Aro's job the the, the primary Aro's job is to watch the gun check yes, for uh-huh. safe gun handling the other Aro's and usually have you know two or three other Aro's on the stage absolutely need to be watching what's happening downrange because you can have um if you have any hard cover hits on like stuff like the chloroplast where it's not easy to see whether you hit the hard cover or not um the ro's need to be the ro's have to be checking for that kind of stuff and they have to see whether the props are going off and if there are plates if there are plates at a level two yeah which, plates I, I hope there aren't uh-huh and which are very prone to the to range equipment malfunction that that's another thing to consider right so like there's a lot of stuff that that ro's need to look for that not one RO can pay attention to. Yeah, and, and that's why they staff multiple ROs, just because that it's there's so much to look out for when it comes to running a match or mm-hmm. running a stage in that way. You just can't do it with one person. That, that's so. how Del Marva was for me, man. Like I on my stage, I had one RO on the score on uh, scorekeeping, and she was watching the gun from the other side of the shooter. I was mm-hmm. watching on the strong side of the shooter, and then I had my third RO watching downrange, counting the targets, counting the hits, making sure everything was there, and then he would check all the hard cover. For me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then, like and that's part of that's just part of being an RO, right? Like it's everything kind of everything everyone has to work together in yep. sync on the stage to make sure it, it it runs freely. Yeah. So um yeah, we're we're up on 49 minutes now. Oh, wow, this is a long one. Um, yeah, this is a long one. But I think it, you know, it has a lot of good information and a lot of insight into working a match if you've never worked on as well. Like, I had no clue of some of the, the nuances. Yeah, I think it's um, worth doing once for most people. Yeah, I, um, I would agree, especially if you can spare the time and plan ahead. Enough. Well, you are working a match next year. Yep. And so, you know, I know I know for next year I'm going to staff area 8. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from the, the minute that the date is released, I can go to my boss and say, hey, I'm taking these dates. I have the dates for you. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so um, for those of you, we're still filing the paperwork, but we're planning for Area 8 being 20 to 23 August cool. of 2020. Uh-huh. So well, I'm really looking forward to that match. Um, yeah. But those are the tentative dates right now, and I believe I already have approval from the range. We just need to file the paperwork with USPSA, or at least finish it. I think the area director is almost done. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a good match. But um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been the CSRU Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Keanu. Shoot well. We'll see you on the range. Chris, I'll see you in Call of Duty. Sounds good. Peace.